Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Why, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. It's your bitch Kim on a Wednesday, right? Uh, this is the third time maybe I've done the whole Wednesday thing without telling you guys. But you know what? It was Labor Day this past weekend, and I wanted to enjoy my day with my family. So, you know, I think y'all did the same thing, hopefully. So welcome, welcome to another episode, guys. Thank you for being here. We got a um, couple good episodes to talk about. I'm very excited to talk about the Roni season finale episode. I thought it was great. And we'll also be talking about the filler episode, if you ask me, on uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. But before we go into my shows... I just want to touch a little bit about the Vanderpump Rules trailer for season nine, I think. Season nine? Sure, we'll just say nine. And you know what? I will say nine because it's German for no. Nine. I don't think it's going to be a good season. I really don't. I'm going to watch it, of course, because I'm a Bravo bitch and uh, because I've invested a lot of my life in this show. (laughs) So I'm going to watch it. However, it doesn't seem that interesting to me. Again, I think I might have said it before. It's really nice to be documenting the journey with Lala and who the fuck else? Sheena. And who else was pregnant? Uh, Why am I forgetting someone else? There's someone else that they're documenting their pregnancy on this, right? Am I wrong? I could be wrong. But I can't fucking remember because clearly it's not as important in my mind as other shows. So I don't think it's going to be rather amazing. So I hope I'm surprised. And if that happens, then I'll shut the fuck up. But now I do have to say, I think Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is going to be phenom. I think it's great that it's right next to Real Housewives of Potomac. I don't know who plays first. I feel like I feel like they're going to be after Real Housewives of Potomac. I can't recall, but I'm excited for that. I did see real quickly via the Bravo TV news that there was an article about how Sharif and Jen Shaw almost got divorced and I was going to read it. And then I was just like, ugh, I don't feel like reading it. (laughs) It wasn't that important to me, I guess. So with that, I want to talk about the filler episode of Potomac first, just because I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the Roni episode from last week. So I'm going to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac. So we are coming from a, what Candace would say, a disaster of a trip. She didn't say that, but I'm just, she got pissed off that Ashley came out for a day. Okay, bitch, you're fine. Everything is fine. Continue being mad at your husband. Okay, we'll get in there for sure of what I'm talking about. But the beginning starts off with Mia prepping to see her mother. We've noticed before that her and her mother kind of had a tumultuous type of relationship because her mom kind of gave her up for adoption and there was just a lot of shit going on. So we definitely learned a lot more about their relationship in Mia's childhood when they end up meeting in this episode for lunch. She calls her husband when she's in her room because she wants his opinion about what she should be wearing for their little lunch. 
So I thought that was cute. She's clearly a little nervous because she wants to be in a good place with her mother. And she knows that her mother has been through some shit. And she just wants to be there and be a positive reinforcement for her mom. That's what I picked up on it. But we'll get into the lunch a little bit later. Now from there, we go to Wendy's house. Wendy's and when, yes. So she is sitting on her bed, just sort of reflecting like, uh, woe is me. Is that what they say? Woe is me. Is that the expression? Either way, Eddie comes in, checks on her, and she's like, oh, well, did you miss me? And he's like, yeah, Cruz missed you the most. That's cute. I do like that. That's cute. Wendy was then talking to him about the whole rumors with the blog and how could Giselle, who has the most volatile marriage, she says marriage, but like, bitch, she's not married anymore. Remember, they're not together, even though they were dating, but they really weren't dating. We're going to get into that shit, too, with what Giselle said. I was like, come on, girl. Why are you doing that to us? Just be honest, is Kyle Richard. Just be honest. We want you to be honest. So Eddie says that basically Giselle was being pretty nasty with all of this. And like, why would she be so nasty to us? Especially when we told all of the girls last season about our story. Remember about Eddie's parents kind of shutting themselves out of him and Wendy's life because of the whole thing from last season. What was it? Because like two different tribes in Nigeria or something. I'm recalling briefly. So from there, they're trying to figure out Why would Giselle do this? She's being all messy. Blah, blah, blah. Then we go to Giselle's house. Why not, right? Robin shows up to her house because they are about to record Raisinable Shady, their podcast, which, yeah, take a listen to theirs, but, like, clearly listen to mine, too, and tell all your friends. (laughs) Selfish plug. So in their episode, they're talking about cheating in relationships, guys in particular, I guess, because they can. And Giselle was reading the statistics. That is such a hard word to say sometimes, especially when you try to say it fast. Statistics. (laughs) So she's getting statistics. And I guess she found that 300% of the time men cheat again after they've cheated before. And then she says jokingly, man, if I would have known that, I would have stopped dating this person two years ago. Obviously, we know Giselle doesn't talk like that, but it was kind of fun. Maybe I should just keep that up. Maybe I'll just give it to a particular housewife. That could be fun or really annoying. (laughs) So when Giselle joked with that, the producer, you go to the producer for the confessional. And then the producer says, would you do anything differently two years ago with Jamal? And she says, no. And then she's like, but I said that jokingly, okay? And then she says that Giselle has her own statistics. Now, here's my thought on that. I think she is trying to cover shit up. She says that she was joking about the two years ago comment on her podcast. I don't think you were, Giselle. You're not fooling us. And then you're trying to say that you got the statistics We all know that your ex-husband is not a good husband. He's just not a good partner. He could be a good dude. I don't think so. But as far as a partner, no, he's not good. He's trash. He's trash. Take the trash out, honey. Take it out. I just feel like she's covering up for some shit that she shouldn't have to because honestly, she doesn't owe him anything. If anything, he owes her so much shit, the world, 
the fucking moon, the universe, all that stuff because she had to put up with all of his bullshit the whole time that they were together. Even when they were just dating and they were not husband and wife. So that makes me so mad because I still feel like she's covering up for him when there really shouldn't be that shit going on. Like Giselle, he's a piece of shit. You know it. Just move on. We're on your side. We're on your side. So then Robin talks about her relationship with Juan and basically that she was young and kind of naive and all that shit whenever all that stuff was going on with Juan because I guess we all know that he cheated on her when they were married and she's like yeah I was young but like now I'm like 42 so that wouldn't happen again and I believe her with that I believe her if she found out that he cheated again she would I'm pretty sure say I'm out the door good luck uh we'll co-parent we'll be cool but uh I need to move on with my life because I deserve better than that so I think because of her experience with Juan back when they were married, she kind of responds to it the way that I feel Giselle should respond to it. But it almost seems like Giselle hasn't really sat with it or maybe she has, but dealt with it, I guess, maybe emotionally. And that's why she still makes these excuses. I mean, let's just be real. She does have a hard time with the emotional support Her daughters have even said that. So that could be a thing. I think Robin has been able to sit with what happened with her and Juan and she's able to move on and progress with that. Maybe Giselle has just been, for lack of a better word, stuck with this whole thing. And that's maybe why she hasn't really moved on. I mean, really moved on. Kind of like Leah and Roni, but we'll get there as well. After that, we go to Candace's house. She's talking to Chris on how she's like over school already. Get over it, bitch. You're getting a master's. It ain't going to be easy. So then he's talking to her. (laughs) She annoyed me in this episode, to be quite frank. Chris is talking about her with the managing shit and like, hey, you have to do this and this. The choreography's coming up, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Candace is then telling Chris about the Williamsburg trip and how Giselle was basically just messy the whole time with Wendy and that Ashley with her big old forehead, which honestly, Candace, shut the fuck up. Like, you're not cool. Like, do you think that that makes you a better person that you can say that? Ugh, makes me so mad. I love Ashley. Thank you very much. Not only was she saying that Giselle was creating mess, but so was Ashley. I don't think Ashley was. Do I think Giselle was? Yeah, kind of. But I don't think Ashley was doing it maliciously, not not one bit. So then we go to Ashley and Michael, and they're going to this holistic doctor for baby Dylan because we find out that he is not latching to Ashley with the breastfeeding and shit, so they want to get the holistic approach of curing that, whatever that means. I guess moms, you know. I, I don't know. I'm not a mom. So Michael, it's interesting that he's asking this doctor... Is it a doctor? We'll just say doctor because it's that holistic doctor on the thing. So he's asking her 8 million questions about her credentials. And I'm thinking, man, Michael, you're asking all this about one person. I want to ask all the credentials about you being a husband because your credentials are not looking so great to me. I just found it ironic for whatever reason that he needs to know all this information about someone else. Whenever we try to ask him about certain things and he can't even devour anything to us as viewers, but also really his wife. (laughs) Could I be wrong on that? Probably. Like, what the fuck am I talking about right now? I don't know. (laughs) 
but it makes sense kind of in my head. All I'm saying is, who are you, Michael, to be asking all these fucking questions? Like, who are you? Who are you? As Bershom would say, you clown, you clown. I just wanted to say clown because it's fun. So then we get to Robin. She's talking to her son, Carter, I think it was Carter, about getting this life coach. And then <laughs> this is why kids are so great. And he's like, shouldn't you have your stuff together already? And then she's like, no, I'm going to do this for my birthday coming up. And then she calls this life coach. And I guess they're trying to make this appointment. That's fun. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully it's positive and good stuff for Robin for the future. And then we get to Mia meeting up with her mom for lunch. I think this is a great scene to show viewers to really get into Mia's life a little bit deeper. So when we first met her, she was just like the boss. (laughs) I just wanted to do that too. But we get to see her on a more vulnerable level here. And I thought that was really good that they showed this. So you can clearly tell that she's pretty nervous to meet up with her mother about this lunch. And eventually she asks her mom what her dad did. And it kind of was a an emotional moment for her mom. And she's like, you know, your father, he got me into drugs. He introduced them to me. And then they were talking about this time that Mia got burned, like second and third degree burns, by making oatmeal when she was little. And then I guess her mom was saying that she was at work for about 15 minutes when she got the phone call that Mia had just burned herself. Her mother was saying, you know, in my mind, I was thinking her dad's there like he can take care of it. But of course, as a mother, she wanted to come home to see how she was doing and take care of the situation. And then what ended up happening was Mia's mother went down the stairs or some shit and found Mia's father in bed with another woman. Fuck you, dude. You suck. That pisses me off. Now, granted, I don't know the dude, but just for those actions just proves a lot of shitty ass character, if you ask me. But that made me so sad. Her mother was so, I don't know. I just looked at her mom and I just wanted to give her a hug because it felt like with the story that she was telling about her past, it just seemed like she has been through a lot of shit. And I just wanted to give her a hug. I wanted to give her a hug and I wanted to give Mia a hug. I mean, it was a very, very personal scene. And I really do appreciate that because it it allowed me to understand Mia a little bit better, but also to, to really... I don't know. I kind of like the bitch. I kind of like her now. I don't think she's as as before annoying. I don't it just gave me a different perspective of Mia and I appreciated that they showed that. How do you guys feel about it? How do Yin's guys feel? So after the lunch with Mia and her mom, we go to Kern to the bridal shop, honey. You know why? Because she's renewing her vows again with Ray. I mean, how many fucking times do we have to do this? Isn't this the third time that they're, no, the second time that they're renewing their vows? Like, honey, good job. You're married. What Are you trying to cover up something that things are going bad for you in your marriage? I don't understand why you have to do it. I don't understand. And plus, you're trying to buy two dresses one dress for the show of it, the $10,000 dress, which is re-fucking-diculous. I mean, first of all, how old are you? You don't need to spend $10,000 on a dress. I wouldn't want to spend $10,000 on a dress. Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm not married. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably because I don't have that. But 
She also wants to get a dress where she can dance and, as she would say, boogie down. Uh, Karen, the last time I saw you dance, I have to say, I didn't really see much rhythm with you. I don't really know if you can do it. But you know what? I'll shut the fuck up. I can't dance either. So whatever. I thought it was interesting (laughs) that... Wendy and Mia meet her there. I mean, not Mia so much, but Wendy, it was weird that she was even invited to do that because we all saw last season, Wendy and her didn't really get along all that much. So it was interesting. I appreciated the shade that Mia and Wendy threw about the venue that she was having her vow renewal about how the interior was so nice, but the exterior definitely needed some help. LOL, cute shade. Ha <laughs> ha. The one annoying thing that just in my mind, I'm like, Karen, you're taking forever to fucking get over it. Why do you need Giselle to send you a text message apologizing realistically for your children about the whole rate? Get the fuck over it, Karen. Get over it. You're not going to think about this 10 years from now. And if you are thinking about it 10 years from now, I feel sorry for you because in this great scheme of your life here, the grand scheme, right? Isn't that what they say? This matters not at all. So that's getting annoying. We need to end that storyline because it's killing my soul. And then from there, we have Candace and Chris. They go out to dinner. Mm, Love that dinner, honey. They're talking about her upcoming music video filming and how he's basically spitting out her rehearsal itinerary and all this shit. And then he says that he's got to do a couple cooking classes online. Q Candace, Q Candace being all, oh my God, why can't you? This is a really important moment for me. Oh my God, Candace, put on your big girl pants. You can do it. You're a grad student now. I believe in you. I have faith. It annoys me that she thinks that he just needs to drop every fucking thing for this music video. And here's what I have to say about this, because she's saying, what if something goes wrong here and you're not there because he basically planned all this shit? She's like, I need to be the artist. Okay, Luann. Okay, we get it. You're the artist. But here's what I'm saying from artist to artist. Okay, if you're trying to do all this shit by yourself and you're not being backed by a label... As Giselle would say, (laughs) boo-boo. You have to make sure you know everything that's going on while being an artist. That's how it shows that you are actually an artist because you need to be concerned about all the shit, especially if you were doing it by yourself without any backing of a label. That's all I have to say because that shit is true. You got to make sure that you have everything in order, not only with the finances, but with the band, with the videographer, with the choreographer, all that shit. It's a lot of work, but if you're getting your master's, my dear, I think you can do it. I definitely do get a little triggered when it comes to Candace trying to do this music thing. This has to say something about me right now. Maybe I need to call my therapist. Oh my God. So he gets all pissed off whenever she's like, well, why can't you be there for me? And then he's like, you know what? I'm volunteering my time to do this for you. Maybe I should just drop everything in my life and just kiss your ass and just ask you for an allowance. Should I do that? I mean, he's kind of talking down to her at this point, sort of. But like with this whole argument, I am team Chris here. Because I think Candace is an adult and she can fucking figure it out. So that's what life is. You got to figure out hard shit. So I am team Chris here. (laughs) 
But let me tell you, the cherry on top for me during this whole argument, conversation, dinner, he looks at her and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go golfing later today. And then she's like, oh, how could you go golfing when I have all this important stuff? You need to emotionally support me. Wah, wah, wah. That was ridiculous on her end. I loved it claps for Chris. Let him golf, honey. Let the poor man golf. And then he can kiss your ass until the end of time. You know, just let him golf. Let him golf. End of the episode. We're at Robin's birthday hang hosted by Giselle at some restaurant. All the girls show up. Of course, not Wendy or Karen because Giselle didn't invite them, which I totally failed to mention whenever they were at the bridal fitting, the dress fitting for Karen failed to mention that so Giselle didn't invite them (laughs) so all the girls are there Candace is like I think we have people missing and then Giselle's like really I don't think so and then Candace is trying to be the mediator here because that's like her title right now for this season Giselle's like I tried to hash it out with Wendy and she never called me back so at this point I'm kind of over it listen I agree with Giselle too of course we all know I'm a green-eyed bandit fan so I apologize more for them than for anybody else But Giselle's not going to like reach out all the time. She's going to reach out to you once. You don't want to respond. She'll say, fuck it. Okay, whatever. I'm going to live my life because she's not going to continue to kiss your ass to have you talk to her. And I appreciate that shit. So as soon as Robin showed up, she was talking about the Wendy stuff too and how she felt like Wendy was really just, they hashed it out, I guess. She apologized or whatever after the fact. And then Robin said, I just felt like she was being this snarky reporter to me. And I don't know, I really thought that we had a friendship, but now I'm not really considering her a friend. So Robin was clearly disappointed, a lot more so than Giselle. I honestly think that Giselle could give two shits, which I think Robin should too. But she clearly felt a connection with Wendy and she's a little upset about it. So then Giselle asks, hey, Ashley, uh, did you try to put some hot sauce with the whole blog thing with Wendy? And then Ashley's like, no, I literally just brought up like, hey, X, Y, and Z with Eddie on this blog. And she freaked the fuck out. And then Candace, ugh, throwing some shade on Ashley, but it's great. She's like, filthy milkmaid. Called her a filthy milkmaid in her confessional. Love that. Yes. But then what she said to her face, oh my God, it was divine and mean. Ugh. Candace, she has a way of doing that with the words. I'm surprised she did it face to face and not uh, via her fucking Twitter like she always does. She looks at Ashley and says, ho, she's a ho. Like, Leah, you're a ho, you're a ho. Leah did it in a cooler way, if you ask me. Ashley's a ho. And that Ashley basically has her wide body coming out to Williamsburg trying to start some mess with Wendy. And not only that, your big ass face with your big ass forehead. Damn, Candace, that's mean. But I tell you, I'm here for it. I enjoyed it on the uh, on the boob tube. If someone said that shit to me, though, ooh, better watch out. You know what I mean? I'll be calling up Monique. No, I'm just kidding. That was terrible. I would never do that. That's awful. Um, so that was the episode. And as I said, I think it was a filler episode. It wasn't that exciting to me. So now I'm going to talk about the most exciting episode from the week, uh, with Ebony dressing up as Luann. I'm in Giovanni, honey. Oh, let's get into Roni. Roni? I just loved, I loved how the season ended. I think it was a perfect, perfect episode. 
and I want to get all my 16 closest girlfriends together to do the whole doppelganger thing. I just fucking loved it. So we left off. We left off at the uh, pin lips on Harry Dubin. Ew, pin the lips on Dubin. I'd rather not, okay? (laughs) And then we're coming from Sonia getting over COVID because we all know that she had that. And then Ramona is hosting the ladies at her Hamptons home. It's also cool, too, because even Leah said this. The way that the season started is kind of how it ended back at Ramona's place. So I thought that was cool. Ramona's house seems like the new Bluestone Manor to me. We'll see about next season. Uh, Just in case if she's not coming back or not, there's still talks that she might not. But in my opinion, in my opinion, she ain't going anywhere. That's what I think. Now, pin the lips on the on the Harry. Oh my God, I just said, <laughs> pin the lips on the Harry. So Harry's calling them while this is all happening. Luann and Ramona are talking to him <laughs> and loved what Ebony said to Leah, basically saying, Harry doesn't have enough money for me, honey. Uh, that would never work out for me. Love that. Thank you, Ebony. After that, Sonia is hearing their conversation with Harry on the phone, and she is sticking up for herself, as she should, saying, you know what, Harry? You cheated on me with Lou, and you had sex with Ramona, and you're not a good guy. So she was sticking up for herself. I liked it. Long overdue. I applaud you, Sonia. So the girls are talking about, I don't know why they gave Harry this much light. I mean, to me, he's a gross, slithery man. And why is he a topic in Ronin conversation? Didn't love it, but I dealt with it. So the girls are talking about him and Ebony was like, Ramona, why don't you date him? And then she's like, no, like he's my friend. He's my friend. I don't date him. And then basically Luann was like, do I think Ramona has lots of friends that she doesn't sleep with? Yes. Do I think she's friends with Harry Dubin and has never slept with him or doesn't sleep with him? No, she definitely has. So maybe she knows something that Ramona doesn't want to tell us because she doesn't want to tell us about anything when it comes to her sex life, which is fine. I mean, you're just on a national television show. Speaking about sexual experiences, the girls are around the table and they discuss the best and or worst sexual experiences. So we go around the horn as one of my professors in college would say around the horn Ramona admits that she cheated on her first boyfriend and I guess the guy that she was cheating on or the guy that she was cheating with is it on would you know what I'm saying the guy that she was sleeping with that wasn't her boyfriend from what it sounded like and correct me if I'm wrong it almost sounded like the dude that she was sleeping with had a really small penis but then they were talking about in the confessional how Ramona could take a big dick I'm a little confused with that. I took small penis, but I could be wrong. If I am, shut me the fuck up and say, Kim, you're fucking wrong. So Ramona is a cheater, or at least she was back in the day. And then when we get to Luann, and then she was talking about how this guy that she went out with after 10 dates, he never wanted to touch her at all and be like intimate. So then she said that she was talking to him and telling him this erotic dream that she had or whatever, and still nothing worked. He didn't get off and then whatever. And uh, oh, well, I do find it very interesting because Leah said in her confessional that she thinks Luann is probably the best lover of the group. Here's the thing, though. 
she isn't the only one that really said that because Sonia's said that kind of thing before about her and I think Ramona has too. I'm really curious as to like why they think that. I want to know. Like Luann, can you just tell us what makes you so good? I want to know. Then we get to Ebony. She's sharing her story about this New Orleans guy. He was at the top of his class. But then she said she never got a preview of the guy. And then eventually it was boom, 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 done. So I guess it wasn't that exciting. It was just sort of like a subpar experience. And then we get to Sonia trying to explain all of her stories. But like it was never really a story. She was saying that the best stories are the ones that she can connect with. And she's basically talking over the actual question. She's being very political with her answer. She's not really answering the question. She's just saying, oh, well, you got to give them a little this and a little bit of that and blah, 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 blah. Like, did you really have a really good romantic lover? I mean, I really would find it hard to believe that your ex-husband was that great of a lover because he's so fucking old. No shade on someone who's like 80 some years old, but I'm just saying I don't see it happening. So maybe that is shade, but whatever. I don't care at this point because that's just how I feel. That's my opinion! Now, we get to Ramona asking Leah if Leah showed her new tatas to anyone. And then Leah's like, no, they're they're not really ready yet. They're still recovering. And then we see Ramona. She's like lifting up her shirt. And what do we see? Little, little petal pasties on her nips, right? Yes, we do. Oh, boy, is Ramona getting frisky nowadays. Like, geez louise, have we seen a complete turnaround from the old school Ramona on the first season? I think it's great. And then after we see one girl with pasties, then we see all the girls with pasties. They all come out, shirts off, pasties up, titties up, good to go. They are having fun, honey. I wonder if those petal pasties, clearly they were like bejeweled and like, what is, were they? They were sparkly, whatever. But like, were they Giovanni? I wonder if Giovanni has pasties. That would be amazing if they do. And then if they do, I wonder if Luann will wear them to her next cabaret. Suggestion, Luann, just saying. As the girls were getting their pasties on, I thought it was hilarious that when Ramona's applying the pasty to Sonia, Sonia's like, can you do it in like a romantic way? I thought that was cute. That just makes me feel like maybe Sonia doesn't really have a romantic best sexual story. I don't know. Because I feel like she's kind of looking for it at the moment from Ramona. So I don't know. Would you guys and gals participate in a pasty party? If my girlfriends did that, I don't know if I would. Maybe currently right now, present day at 4.15 p.m. on a Tuesday, even though it's Wednesday. I don't think that I'd want to. But maybe, maybe the next day or the end of the week. Maybe so. Obviously, it depends on my mood. So now we get to the day after the boobies night. Ramona and Sonia are reflecting like, oh my God, did Ebony really show us her tatas? I'm so surprised. And then Ramona's like, I'm surprised that I even did it. And then Ebony said the same thing. Did Ramona really do that? So did Leah. And then everyone's surprised that someone else participated. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm surprised that Ebony did it. I'm not really surprised that Ramona did it. I think at this point she's trying to get into everyone's social graces again because she wants to stay on the show. (laughs) 
I could be wrong. Either way, <laughs> the girls get into the bus and they travel to this Greek restaurant. Mykonos is where the restaurant owner wants to take them, essentially. Every time I think of Mykonos, I think of that one or a couple episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and I hate that I'm even bringing them up in this podcast, but fuck it, whatever. They went to Mykonos, and I have to say, it was gorgeous, and I want to go there. So... Whenever I get out of the country eventually in my life, because I've never been out of the country, crazy enough, that would be a place that I'd like to explore because it just looks so beautiful. So the girls are going to the Greek Mykonos Hamptons restaurant, right? And then they're talking about their best Valentine's Day stories because they're doing a Galentine's weekend. Galentine's is so nice. I think having a Galentine is better than having a Valentine. Because even though Galentine's can hurt you, I don't think they can hurt you in a way that a Valentine can, right? I'm going to ponder that. Yeah, I'm going to ponder it because I think I think that's true. Now, Leah starts off with her best Valentine's story, even though she feels like she doesn't really have anything to say. She's not really romantic. And maybe Rob's given her some nice things for Valentine's Day, but it's nothing crazy. And then Ramona starts telling her story on how Mario picks the best cards. And then eventually Leah chimes in again and said that Rob sends her cards and that I guess he did a telegram this one time. And she was kind of reflecting on it. And then she's kind of getting emotional about it. And she's like, yeah, but it's like sad too. And then she starts crying. And then all the girls are like, what the fuck, man? Are you okay? And then she says this. And you know that Leah was on some bullshit when she said this. She's like, I just, I'm tired when I, I cry when I'm tired. Like, that's just what happens. Bitch, no, you aren't tired. No. You were getting emotional. Like, there's definitely love there with Rob. And I don't know. Leah and Rob are like the Dolores and Frank situation to me. And it just makes me sad. I want both of them, both of those non-couples, couples to get together. It would make my life so much more happy. (laughs) That's so funny that I'm like basing a lot of my life on like two, four fucking people that I don't even know. Yes. When she did say that he disappointed her, Rob disappointed Leah, I don't think we ever got the clarification of what happened. With the way that she said it, I'm assuming that he cheated. Do you guys think that he cheated or did he cheat? And I just missed the memo of that episode that she announced it to people. But from what I heard, it sounded as if he was he cheated on her. Leah then talks in her confessional that she didn't really want to try to do the blended family thing because I guess she really just wanted to have a good foundation with her, Rob and Kier. And I guess it's worked for all of this time. And she's kind of, she doesn't want to ruin it in a sense where it could like set the dynamic off a little bit. Not saying that if she was with someone, it would ruin anything. But I understood what she was saying. Like she has something that's working really well with all three of them. And she just doesn't want, something to happen where things could go badly for the people that she knows is going to be in her life for the rest of her. So I get that. And she did admit that it does get lonely at times because she isn't allowing herself to be open to another person to fall in love with, essentially, and start a life with. But then we get to the break the damn dish moment, right? Opa, opa, not oopa, Ebony, it's opa. So they're breaking the dish. 
uh, banishing the evil and bringing good luck. Cute little moment with all the girls. They did their little thing. Leah said, haters, I know who I am, all that kind of stuff. And it was a cute little moment. So then night falls upon us. And then Bershawn shows up. Why? Because they're doing the identity swap night. Yay. Super fun. Roast. Yay. Doppelganger. Yay. Woo. So it's when the women had to switch, right? So the way that they did it, I guess it was Luann's idea. The way that they did it is, I guess Luann picked the girls that I guess had the most conflict throughout the season. So Luann was playing Ebony, Ebony playing Luann. Brashawn playing Sonia, Sonia, Brashawn. Leah, Ramona, Ramona, Leah. You get it. So I thought that was a great idea. And I think that was also a great idea to bring closure to those little conflicts that they had as the season progressed. I loved it. Everyone was great. Ramona was amazing at Leah. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have some like hot cock. I've never heard Leah say cock. And so did Sonia. She said that. She's like, I never saw that ever. I never heard that from her mouth. And also, does she really eat gum the way that you're chewing? I never saw Leah do that either. And even Leah questioned that. She's like, did I do I really chew gum like that? I don't think I do. Never saw Leah. So I think Ramona just wanted to go balls out, if you will. I also love the fact that Ebony, (laughs) as she was dressed as Lou, she was talking in the microphone the whole time, even before the whole event started. It was so great. And as Leah was getting her Pinot Plasma, because she was doing the whole antibody thing with Ramona, she was getting the bartender or whatever to fill that shit up, the water up, food coloring or something and make the water red looking (laughs) and then ebony was just throwing shade with luann she's like yes well i'm a nurse and i speak 15 different languages and i've traveled all over the world loved it amazing i enjoyed that moment so as soon as ramona comes down as leah ramona sees leah as herself with (laughs) the pinot plasma ramona thought it was hilarious she was like oh my god this is great she also did say though you know what i uh i appreciate what leah did but like she was wearing pretty much a leah dress i mean i i wouldn't wear a dress like that but you know she had to put a little bit of leah in herself i guess it's always there's always something isn't there ramona always something but i appreciated that Ramona then goes to the bartender and the bartender's like, you look great. And she's like, yeah, but you don't even know who I am. This is, I'm not even myself. And he was basically saying, well, damn, you look good. And she's like, oh my God, I guess I have to do like side boob from now on. How about that? My hair, it's got to be long like this. Maybe so, Ramona. Maybe so. It was great to see Leah acting like Ramona when she goes to the, uh, what was it, the bartender and says, you, 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 I don't have ice in this. I need this now. Like, this is too warm. Like, I can't even, I can't even. And then she says the whole help comment again to kind of be like, Ramona, this is what you fucking said. She was making light of that situation and Brashawn was like, oh my gosh. So that was a funny moment to see. And then what ends up happening? <laughs> Ebony says, yes, I hear that someone has a birthday and I want to sing it to you. Was it Sonia or was it Ramona? I can't remember. It was either of those two because they have close uh, birthdays close to each other. So good old Ebony, I mean Lou, huh, sings happy birthday to you. Oh my God, that was golden genius. I appreciated that very much. 
So then we get to dinner time. Oh, but before that, I liked what Leah said. Leah threw some shade on um, Luann. She's like, you know, I think Ebony's doing a great job as Luann. I mean, it's hard to be her. You have to sing. You have to be, like, obsessed with yourself. Oh, yes, queen. Yes, loved it. So true. So then we get to dinner time, and I guess the whole thing was the girls got these questions, and they have to answer these questions around the table as their alter ego. So Leah went first. Of course, she is Ramona at this point, and the way that she was doing her answer, I think the question was like, if someone were to write an article about you, and then you have real Ramona, and she's like, well, actually, someone did write an article about me. Ah, Ramona, this is why we love and hate you. So Leah's talking the way that Ramona would, and you can really tell that Leah, she really does get Ramona, even though she hates her a lot of the time, but she doesn't. It was a cool scene to see that Ramona could really understand that Leah really knows who she is at this point. So that was nice. They had a nice little embracing moment. Cute. And then Ebony's talking about how Luann is such a triple threat. And she's like, you know, I know I'm no Barbara Streisand, but I can bring joy and laughter. And yes, I do think and I know that I'm a triple threat. So that was cute. She was, you know, kind of saying, Luann, you're like a badass bitch. I think all of them were basically saying we're all badass bitches. So I appreciated that. I thought that was really, it was a nice sisterly moment, if you ask me. Sonia was doing Brashawn as the life coach, talking to Leah about how she is surrounding herself with these older bitches in a good way uh, because she has a lot of potential, X, Y, and Z. Then we have Brashawn as Sonia talking about how she can't let go of the past because she was married to the bank and not a banker, all that kind of thing. But really, she was saying, I have a hard time letting go, but right now, I think I'm understanding that it's really about my girlfriend relationships. And Ramona, I love you, but sometimes I feel like you throw me under the bus sometimes. So that was nice that Brashawn was kind of bringing this realization to, I mean, Ramona at that point. But just we're understanding how the girls are understanding each other. It's a nice moment. The best one is Ramona, is Leah. (laughs) And she's like, well, why does it matter about you know, talking about sex. I mean, like, just own it. Just like, just embrace it, you know? Just like, if you want to have some hot cock, just do it. Like, just do it. And then Leah as Ramona. Oh my God, Leah! And then Ramona is Leah. You get where I'm going with this. They're just reenacting scenes from last season when Ramona, she then throws a flower at Leah. I know it kind of gets confusing after I continue to talk. You're like, who the fuck are you talking about? In this episode, Ramona, real Ramona, throws a flower at real Leah, even though real Ramona at the time was playing Leah, and then real Leah was playing Ramona. Hopefully that makes sense. But it's basically an homage to whenever Leah threw a ravioli at her last season. That was funny. And then Leah ended up going under the table like, oh my god, I'm scared, because she's reenacting when Ramona went under the table last season whenever Leah said something. So then Luann is speaking as Ebony, 
talking about how she got to where she is as an achiever, an overachiever, let's say, and how education is really important to her and that she deserves a place at the table. Definitely does because she's the most educated. She's the smartest. She's kind of bringing up the whole thing from whenever Luann and her had that little tiff at Luann's house. That was a good moment. It was a good shade. I appreciated that and made light of the situation to help them move on. And you know, after some serious messed up fucking moments sometimes you just gotta laugh about it later on you know I mean life is too short so I appreciated that I think the girls were great with their attitudes with the whole thing I thought the roast was amazing I really enjoyed it and then you see at the end how they do like the still picture and what they're doing now Luann is working on a non-alcoholic rosé girl where is it I want to find it at the fucking liquor store come on now Ramona got her real estate license, so I guess she sold her place in Florida or whatever, but she did that. Ebony is continuing to form a nice relationship with her newfound family and her father and her sisters, clearly. And then she is working with the matchmaker because she wants to find a good match, as I do too, Ebony. I feel you. Then we have Sonia. She's renting her townhouse, and she is working on her comedy Caberlesque. That is supposed to be in the fall, which is pretty soon. And then we have Leah. Her conversion to Judaism is almost complete. And then she, I guess her and Rob got Kier into this nice private girl's school, much to Bunny's approval. <laughs> I thought that was funny at the end. So obviously there was a lot of heavy stuff going on throughout this whole time. I personally did enjoy the season, even though a lot of it was pretty cringy to watch. Thank you, Ramona. But I think we needed it. I think we needed it. It was definitely something different. I think people are afraid of change. And I say, whatever, we got to go like, get over it. You know, change is good. I think change is good. It freaks us the fuck out. But I really did enjoy this last episode. It's definitely one of my favorite recent Roni episodes. I just really enjoyed it. And yeah, so I really want to know whenever the reunion's going to happen. There has been some stuff online saying that they got a go for a face-to-face reunion because I do know that they tried to do a virtual one because Luann was over in Europe and I think Ramona was in Florida or something. But I want to know. I also want to know what the fuck's going to happen with Erica. That is just going crazy to me. This Lexi girl on Below Deck, she needs to get fired. This poor Delaney chick, she's coming on here basically doing Lexi's job. Lexi's on the fucking floor sleeping like, bitch, you gotta go. You're not doing your job. That annoyed me. Um, what else? What else? Salt Lake City. Let's go, bitch. I'm ready to go. Yin's guys. I love Yin's Zia's. Thank you so much for listening. And... Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. And then follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. I hope Yins guys have an amazing week. And I shall see Yins next week. I'll say Tuesday, but watch. I'll say Tuesday and then all of a sudden I'm going to release it on Thursday. But I'll see Yins guys next week. Enjoy the weather. Hopefully it's nice where Yin's guys are at. And uh, have a nice cocktail or two and watch some Bravo. Hit me up on Instagram. Bye, Yin's guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.